Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Maria Spinozzi, and I would like to introduce Jim White, running for Outer from District 2. As we begin, please tell our viewers a bit about how your educational, vocational, and civic experience has prepared you for the position and why you decided to run for Outer. Yeah, I spent the last few years as a community organizer in my area. Uh, in doing so, I've led my neighborhood action team meant and have really worked to increase turnout, increase engagement. And in out knocking on doors in my community, I really just saw that the issues I was having were the same issues that my neighbors were having. I'm a renter in the area who constantly has to worry about whether or not I can afford to keep living in the area. And I kept hearing this from everyone else I met. Uh, I've had a lot of friends who've had to leave the district because they can no longer afford to live there. And we have an affordable housing crisis in the city. I'm somebody who uses public transportation every day, and I've seen just where public transportation works and when it doesn't. That's why I've uh, been pushing for bus rapid transit. And I'm a student, and that's we're a very student district. So I think I'm really representative for the area. I also have over a decade of small business management experience, uh, which makes me uniquely qualified in this race to uh, worry about the concerns of small business. I also have organized all around the state. I worked on the last gubernatorial campaign for a year. I managed a state treasurer campaign. And in doing so, I really got to learn how to organize people. And for me, I just saw that my local leaders weren't working for me. So it seemed like time to step up and just replace our leaders. Madison's efforts to address chronic homelessness have appeared to fall short, especially with regard to providing sufficient support systems for a housing-first approach. What ideas do you have that might create greater success for projects such as the one on Tree Lane? Homelessness is a really big issue for me. I've spent the last two years as a director uh, for the Tenant Resource Center and have seen every day just what it's like when people lose their home or are on the verge of losing uh, their home, And, and it's devastating. I'm a real believer in housing first, and I think that part of the problem we saw with Tree Lane was really that we didn't put enough social service money in to start. Uh, and now we're seeing evictions from the, from the program and people who are having to start all over again. We need to make sure that as we create more housing first programs, and we do need to create a lot more programs, that the social service component is put first, not put last. And as we expand more social services and and be more cognizant of the fact that we're creating communities. When you put a bunch of people together, you're creating a community. And we have to know that as we're doing that, we have to provide adequate support. And we have to create enough of these communities that we can really address all the concerns and not just fixate on the, the trouble period that we sometimes go to as these places sort of find their niche. The Madison Police Department has been faulted for not having appropriate policies and training around de-escalation and use of force, especially with regard to people of color. What is your perspective on whether any changes are needed in ways Madison Police operate in our community? Yeah, I I would like to see us start with expansions on racial bias training, which is something we've done with the police in the past. Uh, And this is something the OIR report really uh, made clear is that we need to not just do more of this training, we should expand on it and make it not just so somebody sits through an hour lecture. They actually have a follow-up plan. We try to figure out whether or not people have issues, because we all have, have issues in racial bias. And uh, that's where I'd like to start, is making sure that our police really understand the issues of, of where they're coming from and where the people who they're dealing with are coming from. 
I think part of this is that we just need to add more transparency. I would like to see us eventually get to the point where we're using body cameras uh, with the police. There's a lot of concerns that I have, and I know other people have had that have held this back in terms of the accessibility of footage. But it's time for us to put those concerns front and center in dealing with them uh, so that we can actually implement a program that would be fair and equitable and not put people at further risk. There is a perception that Madison's story is a tale of two cities one in which people of color are less likely to experience success. What can be done to ensure that Madison is a community in which all people can thrive? Two of the big things I've worked on in my campaign have been talking about affordable housing and transportation. And I think these are really closely tied to issues of equity. Uh, right now, if you're black in Madison, 45% of the time, you need to use a transfer to get where you're going. If you're white, it's 15. Because we have a public transit system that isn't serving all communities equally. And in my area, we've seen a real loss of diversity because people have gotten priced out. They've had to move to the outskirts of Madison, and they can no longer afford to stay in places that are close to their work. So I think we need to really expand on affordable housing and create more affordable housing in the city to keep up with our growth. Because there's going to be 70,000 new people over the coming decades. And if we don't do this, the people who are struggling the most and, and have these biggest issues around equity are going to suffer. And when we deal with transportation, and part of the reason I think we should create bus rapid transit is we need to make public transit in Madison something where it's a real alternative to driving. And as if you're struggling and you're having a hard time getting by, if you have a bus that only comes every 90 minutes, maybe once an hour, doesn't come on nights or weekends, that can be a huge hassle for trying to figure out just how to get to work, uh, how to participate in the city with everybody else. If we're going to be a more equitable city, we have to make sure that everyone in every part of the city has the same access to all of our city's resources. And, and that's a lot of the reasons why I've been really putting transportation and affordable housing at the top of my platform. What issue have you identified as being of primary concern to the residents of your district, and how would you approach tackling it? One of the things I've really been talking about is how I'd like to rewrite the Tinning Lapham Neighborhood Plan. And it can seem academic, you know, rewriting a plan. But our, this plan's 11 years old, and it's the guide for how everything changes in our district. Uh, developments that, that go in are pushing the boundaries of this plan already. So when the community has concerns or has ideas, they're arguing with a plan that's over 10 years old, that talks about the train that's going to come through town, that t talks about a bunch of developments that have already happened, and doesn't acknowledge that there's been, in the last six years, over 1,000 new units built in the district that's brought in a new demographic of people that have different concerns. And there are concerns that we just didn't have a decade ago. Like, look at flooding. And, and that's one that's hugely impactful in my area. I, I didn't realize when I moved here that living on top of a hill was going to be such a vital survival strategy. And we have to, to, to be serious uh, about dealing with these issues, either if just in how we deal with stormwater generally as the city, or in my area, what I'd like to see is expanding uh, more rain gardens and incentivizing rain gardens financially so that we can do our part. And these are all things that could be tackled in a neighborhood plan, and they're things that the city are going to take more weight on because when we have an updated plan, because right now newer plans that are written by the city at a broader scope are taking precedence over the concerns of our neighborhood. The relationship between the council and the mayor appear at times contentious. Is this a problem, and if so, how would you improve the relationship? Well, in some ways, it could be inevitable. It depends on, on what we're trying to do. Like, I want to work with whoever's the next mayor. And 
Hopefully, we're working together on things that are good for the district. If I disagree, then we're going to have moments of contention. I think the key is that we just keep up dialogue, is that the mayor and the council need to constantly be talking. We need to be talking about our goals. We need to be showing mutual respect. And I don't think there being contention between the council and the mayor is necessarily a bad thing, so long as we're giving each other respect and we're working to make sure that we're all working for our common goals and to represent our constituents. So as long as... As long as we can be productive, I don't mind contention. What changes, if any, should be made in how the city approaches major projects, such as Judge Doyle Square and the public market? That's a great question, Uh, particularly if you look at at Judge Doyle Square. I think we really got ourselves into some problems by getting into an initial bad contract on the project. And this is where we need to vet these projects better in the public eye beforehand. Generally, I think we should encourage more transparency, more public discussion on our big projects. And that means not just at the end, at the point where they become contentious, because usually the warning signs are coming meetings and meetings and meetings beforehand. But on council, one of the things I plan to do is to better use technology and social media to tell people what's going on and engaging new people like I've been doing for years in my community. Because when we bring more people to the table to talk about projects and issues, we're going to flush out a lot more of the problems earlier rather than later. And as we've seen with Judge Royal Square, the later we come across the problem, the more expensive it's going to be for the city. What council committees do you want to serve on and why? Well, I'm having focused a lot on transportation, and, and working on transportation issues would, would really be great. Uh, the, the other would really have to be in my area landmarks. And, and part of this is acknowledgement of the fact that historic preservation is extremely important to my district. This hasn't been an issue that I ha- have been the most involved with, but I really respect the fact that the people who are most committed in, in my community, a lot of times this is their issue. And I want to make sure that I can advocate for them. Uh, and, and so I want to be more proactive. Um, and, and plus there's some, some real issues in our, in our district that could be done through landmarks. We should be creating a list of historic homes and buildings that we should be prioritizing for, uh, for, uh, for, <laughs> for, 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 refurbishment. And we need to work to make sure that we're not seeing demolition by neglect, which is happening. Also, just encouraging more tourism money. And with the creation of new hotels in the area, a certain part of the the room tax has to be spent on tourism. And that money should be going towards our district to highlighting our historic areas because it's going to make them more economically feasible and protect them through the future. What would you like to say to the viewing audience as we complete this interview? That I'm somebody who has spent years working to bring more people to the table. And for me, we need to constantly be looking about how do we engage more people and bring more folks into local government. That I'm going to be the candidate and I'm going to be the alder who champions transparency, but also really tries to tackle the long-term structural issues that our city faces. The Eastmas is going to see 10,000 new jobs over the coming decades. If we wait on issues like transportation, if we wait on issues on housing, it's going to be too late. And our streets are too congested. Our, everyone knows it. We see the safety concerns as our intersections get busier and busier. We need to do, do and plan now how we're going to go forward, and that I'm the candidate who's going to actively bring more people to the table to do that. I want to thank Jim White for speaking with us and the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. 
please vote in this and every election. On behalf of Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us. Yeah.